Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And you will have the very same relationship with the Holy Spirit that you had with me. You will be able to experience, as we sang in our worship song, God let us experience your presence. Sometimes people are confused about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not an essence. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus, before he left his disciples, promised them that the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, would come and live with them, and that the Spirit would have the same kind of relationship with them that they had with Jesus. That's quite amazing, and as we see from the scripture, it was indeed the case. Pastor Mark has been teaching that as they follow Jesus' example being baptized in the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to control their living and decision-making, and permitting the Spirit to lead them, The Holy Spirit was then able to do the things through the disciples that we read about in the book of Acts. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he continues his message, The Holy Spirit, Essential to Jesus and Us. He didn't operate in that power until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, so everything you're going to see Jesus do from here till we finish the book of Luke, his whole life, the next basically three years, three and a half years, everything you're going to see that Jesus did, he did not do it because he was God. He did it because he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. That ought to shout volumes to you and to me. Jesus could never accomplish what God sent him to do without being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. You and I can never accomplish what God wants for us because of the same exact thing that we need, to be baptized and filled with the Spirit. Now scoot over to chapter 4. Luke, you're right there. Look at verse 1. Second thing, and I want you on this verse to circle a couple words in your Bible. It's okay. It's good to circle and write in your Bible. Here it is. Jesus, circle this word, full, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. Here's what you want to write on the overhead. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, and we use that term full, and it means a number of things. I put up there this morning, controlled by, not like a robot, but sensitive to, submitted to. Jesus was submitted to the Holy Spirit. Another term that we use often, in fact, I did a whole series on it a long time ago, 
is under the influence, under his influence. When you're under the influence of a person or a, or a, a well, a, a, you'll see here, alcohol, when you're under the influence, it has an effect on your life. Alcohol, not good. Holy Spirit, very good. So notice the warning that the Apostle Paul gives us. Look at this verse. Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. If I come under the influence of wine, what happens? All kinds of crazy things. Stuff that you don't even want to think about. Don't go to your background. You're not that person anymore. It's okay. What should I do? Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Be controlled by the Spirit. And really, in the original language, it means keep on being filled. Keep on coming under the influence. Keep on being controlled by the Spirit. So Jesus was not only baptized, but it led to a lifestyle. He was full. He was submitted to and controlled by the Spirit. He was about to begin his public ministry. And he could only do it in the power of the Spirit of God. Jesus was full, and he always remained full. We will see next week that's not true for you and me. We have to keep on being refilled. Because Jesus never sinned. You and I sin. Let me share with you what the Bible says about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. John 1.32. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on Jesus. Remain. Constantly full. Controlled. In charge. John 3.34. For he is sent by God. Speaking of Jesus. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the Spirit without limit. Unlike us. Jesus never sinned. So it was not a temporary gift of the Spirit. It was a lifestyle that extended to this moment of his baptism to the end of his life on earth till he went back to heaven. That's not true for you and me. You'll see next week a difference in how we can continue to be filled. Keep on being filled. Jesus never had to worry about it because he never sinned. Now, what do I mean by sin? You and I want to be in control often. So I'm either going to be in the controlled by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be controlled by me. If you're married, give your husband one of these. He wants to be in control. But God wants him to be in control to him. So understand, that's our weakness. I want to control my life. You ever hear the name control freak? Don't look at anybody. Just I ask you, just ask you. Of course. Well, we want to be kind of a control freak, but the Holy Spirit being the one. Now, look at the second part. I want you to underline and score, circle one more word. And was led. Circle the word. And was led by the Spirit into the desert. We'll have a whole teaching on that next week. Why in the world would the Spirit lead Jesus to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights? You'll get the whole answer next week. It's fantastic when we get to see what happens. So here's what you want to write. Number three, Jesus was not only baptized, he was not only full, but he was led by the Holy Spirit. Being controlled by the Holy Spirit allows us to be led by the Holy Spirit. You cannot be led by the Holy Spirit unless unless you're full 
of the Holy Spirit. That means, as you begin to see that, here's the key I want you to write today. The Spirit-filled life was not optional for Jesus. It was essential. It was absolutely essential. Remember? Remember the word essential? Extremely important, crucial, key, vital. Now, you remember the title I gave you? It's for you and for me, too. But I know some of you have a question right now. Pastor Mark, I get it. Jesus was baptized by the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit. He was controlled by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. I get that. But I'm not Jesus. So, like, what does this have to do with me? If you're a Christian, the definition is Christ-like. If you like the term, which I do, Christ follower, I follow after Christ. What Jesus was doing when he came to this earth, one of his major reasons, of course, the cross, of course, to show us who God was like, but one of his major reasons he came was to model what your life every day should look like in my life. Because, see, he lived it as a man, not like God. So let me give you a couple of verses. Understand how this will affect you and me. John thirteen fifteen, Jesus speaking. I have given you an example to follow. 1 John 2, 6. Those who say they live in God, those who call themselves Christians, Christ followers, should live their lives as Jesus did. So you already begin to see that what we're watching in the life of Jesus, and we'll see all the way through the book of Luke, that's my role model. That's who I need to be. Now, We have a problem with being full with the Spirit. We have a problem with being led by the Spirit because I was born with a sin nature. Jesus had no sin nature. So unlike Jesus, I have to have a first, a amazing experience with the Holy Spirit, but it's called being born again. One day, remember, a very religious man, Jewish man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus. And he thought his religion gave him the right to have a relationship with God. But Jesus said some very interesting words to him. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Because your spirit, the real you, is dead. You have to be born again. You have to have a relationship with God. Now, how did you become a Christian this morning? How in the world did you become a Christ follower? Well... I'll explain it to you. It was all about the Holy Spirit and what he did in your life. Now, here's something you need to know this morning. 2,000 years ago, the same Holy Spirit that baptized Jesus, the same Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, that had a relationship with Jesus so he could be full and led his whole life, is the same Holy Spirit that one day convicted you and convicted me of my sin. The very same Holy Spirit. So I could repent and believe and become a follower of Jesus. So let me give you this morning some relationships that you have to have before you can be filled with the Spirit. And I want you to write them down. Some of you will understand these. It will make a lot of sense to you. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 14, For the rest of you, it'll be very clear 
when you see this. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. Now, let me preface this. For three years, Jesus had been walking every day with his disciples. They were following him. They were modeling their life after him. He would convict them when they made mistakes. He would say to them, no, 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 you can't do that. What are you thinking? He would encourage them. He would challenge them. He would comfort them when they were hurting. Then one day Jesus said this. You've heard me talk about it. I know you didn't understand it, but I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to the cross first. I'll be crucified, resurrected. I'm going back to heaven. So the disciples are thinking, uh, okay, you're leaving. Every morning when we got up, we just did what you said. We just followed you where you were. In fact, they're thinking, Jesus set the clock ahead that morning. Now they're thinking, is Peter going to do that? I ain't trusting Peter to do that. So they're, they're thinking, how in the world are we going to do this life? And so Jesus says to them, look, I love you. I care for you. God's going to provide for you. When I leave, you will never be alone. Now watch what he says. Take a look at verse 16. And by the way, in verses 16 through 18, you see the, the Trinity again. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Watch this. And I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking, and he will give you another counselor, comforter, to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, when he comes into our lives, he never leaves. Forever. The Spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Now, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, watch these two keys, for he lives with you and he will be in you. Here's Jesus' last words to his confused disciples. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So what Jesus is saying is, he says to his disciples, Just like I walked with you, it was personal. You experienced following me. We had a relationship together. It was close. Just like that, I'm leaving. But the other one coming is God the Holy Spirit. And you will have the very same relationship with the Holy Spirit that you had with me you will be able to experience, as we sang in our worship song, God, let us experience your presence. Sometimes people are confused about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not an essence. The Holy Spirit is not a power. The Holy Spirit is a person. Would you write this down this morning? God, the Holy Spirit, is a person we can know personally. By the way, as you begin to thinking about that, you'll see in a moment how important that is in your life and my life. So Jesus says, notice, he lives with you. He will be in you. He, him, personal, personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. A lot of you don't know. I I know about God. I know about Jesus. Holy Spirit, yeah, he's part of the Trinity. He's God. And you are to have that relationship with him. Now, again, look at these two relationships. 
But you know him for he lives with you. First relationship. Everybody that's a Christian has this relationship. This is how you became a believer. Number one, convicted by the Holy Spirit. Convicted. Before you became a believer, we learn from the scripture that when he would come, John 16, the Holy Spirit would convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. So before the before salvation, the Holy Spirit is alongside of us. He's convicting you. He's convicting me when I became a Christian. It goes something like this. Some of you in our service today, the very first time, and you wonder, well, you meet the Holy Spirit's beside me. I don't see anybody beside me here. No, it's a thing of the Spirit. So when we're talking about the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's the Spirit of truth. So sometime in your life, the Holy Spirit will say this to you. You know that guy that's talking? Or that song that was a Christian song that was just played? Or that television program with Billy Graham on it or Greg Laurie or something? Man, I, I do need God. I've been searching my whole life. I didn't realize my sin was the problem. Jesus died on the cross for me. Man, I'm convicted. What do I do? Who did that to you? It wasn't the pastor. Sometimes we see this with pastors. Get right with God! Oh, I was really convicted. Not really. You're probably walking out of the building right now. The Holy Spirit says this. What you've been searching for? And by the way, he's saying it to some of you this morning. What you've been searching and looking for cannot be found without a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, you were created to know God. Till that happens, nothing eventually will work right. Oh, you'll have some times it will, but you'll always be without purpose. So he comes along and he says, you need to repent. You need to ask God to come into your life. Jesus died for your sins. Come on, get with it. The goal is for people who are lost to come to salvation. That is the initial role of the Holy Spirit. And he does it in your life. By the way, since the Holy Spirit's a person, he can be pleased, pleased, but he can be actually hardened against his words. So maybe you reject that. Well, it offends the Holy Spirit. You're quenching the Spirit. He's saying to you, get ready today. No, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. So he's here to bring us to Christ. That's where everything starts. Now, look at verse 17. He'll be with you. And then what's the next word? Here it is on the overhead. Second relationship. You, he'll be in you. He'll actually be in you. He will come and live inside you, indwelt by the Spirit. At the moment of salvation, God, God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He actually takes up residence, permanent residence in our heart. He sets up a home, and we're to interact with him 24-7. It's an inward work, and it begins to conform us to look like Christ. That's his role. Now, I want to just stop for a moment, because this is huge. There is no religion in the world that has this truth. See, the moment you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, God, comes to live in you. You go to India, Hinduism. If you go to many of the countries that are Buddhist, then I go often 
And there's a statue. And they're crying. And they're praying. And they're bringing gifts. And the statue can't hear, can't feel, can't touch. Certainly you can't have a personal relationship. I couldn't grieve this thing if I had to. But the Holy Spirit, as a Christian, he comes and lives inside of you. Now, he didn't come just to rent a room. He came to rule your life. So I want you to see this. Would you write this down this morning if you're a Christian? I would like to hear an amen somewhere. I know it's the wrong kind of time of the day, but here it is. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Can I hear an amen in this place? So if you're a Christian this morning, do you have the Holy Spirit living in you? You know what? Most of us never think about that. That's my nice truth. Well, that's what we're going to learn. What is that supposed to do for my life? You'll see in a moment. Would you just turn to your neighbor and give him a smile this morning, your coffee smile, because many of you have had many cups. Just say to them this morning, I have the Holy Spirit, with your finger, I have the Holy Spirit living in me. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Come on. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. And he's the one that said to you, enough coffee. Now, here we go. So some of you are going to say right now, Pastor Mark, that's fantastic. But what does that look like? What is that supposed to look like in my life if I have God, the Holy Spirit in me? Well, who's our role model? Jesus. So what did it look like in the life of Jesus? This shouldn't surprise you. Three things we've already taught you. Here we are. Number one, if I have the Holy Spirit in me, I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus was. Number two, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, controlled by, under his influence. If I'm going to be like Jesus, of course, I need to be full. I need to imitate that relationship. We'll talk to you more about how that looks. And last, maybe one of the most exciting for all of us, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. You and I, in all the decisions of life, need to be led by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' life was successful because everything he did was through the power of the Holy Spirit. All those things that you see there. Jesus was dependent, sensitive to the voice, and obedient to the Holy Spirit 24-7. Dependent, sensitive, obedient. And if I am going to be what God wants me to be, that's the lifestyle I need to live, to be baptized, filled, continue to be filled, and led by the Spirit. Now, one of the most exciting things in the life of a Christian. We heard Pastor Mark teach today on how essential it is for us to truly be Jesus' disciples, following his example and his yielding to the Holy Spirit and depending upon the Spirit for the ability to live a sinless life as well as carry out the duties of His ministry. We also saw examples of the disciples being led by the Holy Spirit to perform the duties Jesus gave them and understand that these apply to us as well. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, we will continue learning about and seeing examples of the Holy Spirit working through the lives of Jesus and then the disciples. If we truly want to be followers of Christ, it's essential that we follow the dictates of the Spirit, allowing Him to guide us into all godliness and purity, and giving us the strength and wisdom to be His ambassadors to the world. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Holy Spirit, Essential to Jesus and Us. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving